0: John. Psalms 83 I mean, sir so, yeah.
1: Psalms 83
0: the psalmists were asking God to deliver Israel from the attacks of foreign nations recalling how God defeated Israel's enemies in the days of Deborah and Gideon Gideon He prays that the hostile nations will be uh, humiliated. A song of the Psalm of Asaph. God, do not be silent. Do not ignore us. Do not be inactive, O God. For look, your enemies are
2: making a commotion. Those who hate you are hostile. They carefully are plotting against your people and making plans to harm the ones you cherish.
0: They say come on let's annihilate them so we, they are no longer a nation. Then the name of Israel will be remembered no more.
3: Yes they devise
0: a unified strategy they form an alliance against you. It includes the Tents of Eden and the Ishmaelites. Moab and the Hagarites. Ammon and Amalek, Philistia, and the inhabitants of Tyre; even Assyria has allied with them, lending its strength to the descendants of Lot. Selah. do to them as you did in the days of Midian, as you did with Caesarea and Jabin at the Kishon River. They were destroyed at Endor. Their corpses were like manure on the ground. Make their nobles like Orab and Zeb, and all their rulers like Zeba and Zalmunah, who said, let's take over the pastures of God. Oh my God, make them like dead thistles, the dead weeds, blown away by the wind, like the fire that burns down the forest, or the flames that consumes the mountainsides, chafes them with your gale winds, and terrify them with your wind storm. Cover their faces with shame, so they might seek you, O Lord. May they be humiliated and continually terrified, and may they die in shame. Then they will know that you alone are the Lord. That your name, that you. And
2: that you're the Lord you are the Lord alone
0: you're the sovereign king you're the most high you're El Elyon
2: you're over all the earth
4: So
0: Give a, a little perspective right now about you know what's happening in this environment, how the words begin to be. Israel in Second Samuel five had secured a great, uh, a great victory by taking the city. They went in and took out the Jebusite stronghold, secured that uh, environment. Up to that time, even even into that time. Of, of history even in the, even in the conquest of Joshua they had never come in and taken a city before or the in this case it'll be the whole nation and now they have now they've secured a place a place for the Lord. what's interesting about that is right after they secure a place for the Lord, it says in 2 Samuel 5 verse 17 that when the Philistines heard that David had been designated king over Israel they all went up to search for David and when David heard about it he went down to the fortress and now the Philistines had arrived and spread out in the valley of Raphaim that was uh, Raphaim was the valley of the giants Israel had had like a history with the giants attacking them and there was a, there had been a fear over the people because uh, yeah we have taken environment but listen this, uh, they're putting pressure back on us again and so David asked this of the Lord, he said should I march up against the Philistines will you hand them over to me and the Lord said to David march up for indeed I will hand over the Philistines to you listen in the resurrection last week last week being resurrection Sunday even after Jesus was resurrected from the dead in front of the face of all his disciples they struggle with unbelief more after the resurrection even though it had already happened Because unbelief tries to come in on us in the middle of actually when we've already secured a victory. And I've come to testify to you to this day the victory's already been secured. But yeah, what the enemy, the enemy would, he would, he would want to taunt Israel in the middle of securing victory and say, this resurrection is not in fact true. And, he, and he, even in David's day when this happens, the Philistines will array right there in a place that they had culturally had trouble with before with giants attacking all of Israel. And so this is a part of if it happened in Israel and it happened with the early disciples, then why wouldn't it happen with us? But the, the people, should I go up? God says, yes, now. Now go on, go for another attack. Don't. Don't lax in your faith now. They even marched up against Baal-Kerazim. And he defeated them there. Think all the way back. I'll take you back even before the cross. Back to before Jesus. The Israelites, they had secured the Red Sea crossing. They come across. Remember this. They come to the waters of Meribah. Remember this story? And at Meribah, the waters were dried up, and they said, what did you bring us out here to kill us? The Red Sea crossing had already happened. Remember this. And the Amalekites were arranging themselves against Israel right there. Now I'm going to tell you something. I believe that what God wanted out of them, and what he wanted out of his disciples, and what he wanted with David, he wanted them to go on the attack. you know he tells Moses he said strike the rock remember this but I don't know that that was the best thing I think the best thing was is that Israel wouldn't expect a handout that they would fight and that today the victory has been secured. but there's something that happens you know we even see it in literature you, you see that you'll see like something great happen and there's a dip this is the nature of like our human development he says no listen to this he says go up against Belfare's and listen to the language here the Lord has burst out remember Meribah what did the waters do they burst out of the rock what happens here he says the, wa- the, the Lord has burst out against my enemies like water burst out so he called the place Bel Perazim, which means the Lord of Outburst. And the Philistines abandoned their idols there. There. And David, David and his men picked them up. The Philistines again came out and spread against the valley of Rephim. David asked the Lord, what should I do? He said, this time the Lord said to him, don't march straight up, instead circle around behind them and come against them on the opposite of the trees. And so he changes the uh, profile of strategy of war. And when you hear the sound, we've heard this story, but the story is now. Marching in, the tops of the trees act decisively. For at the moment, the Lord is going to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did, just as the Lord commanded him. And he struck down the Philistines from Gibeon all the way to Gaveh I believe in resurrection power. I believe, Lord. I believe. I believe. You're the God of the outburst.
4: You're the victorious Lord. i oh. to your
2: i sense as, as as humans in this world we are um, i'm not sure if tempted or or whatever but we as humans tend to really connect more with what's happening in this world than what's happening in the invisible realm the spirit realm that you call it that it's really god's domain i he made us to be connected to spirit. And I believe that there's opening up right now for us a portal, which, of course, is the Greek word in when Jesus says, I am the door. That's one of the interpretations of that Greek word is portal. And Jesus is the portal to eternal life. But this scripture came up, and it was the parable that Jesus told about, or I guess, actually, people who didn't believe in the resurrection were trying to bring up a story. To trap Jesus. But he when he came to the, the end of it, he seems talking about the people who are inheriting eternal life. And in Luke 20 it says, Neither can they die anymore. So when someone dies, what happens?
5: They don't die. Their body doesn't exist on this plane, but they don't die. But it says, Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels. And are the children of God or the sons of God, which, of course, is not gender-based because we're both uh, male and female sons of God, being the children of the resurrection. So Jesus says, if we know Jesus, if we have the redemption in us, there is a portal opened over us for resurrection power. It's resurrection. In other words, I mean... For so long as the church, I felt like that we have been in the cross and we are never to forget the cross. But the reality is Jesus is not still on the cross. Okay, in Hebrews chapter 6, he talks about how we're supposed to have that as a foundation, but then we're to move on. And, and not away from, but move on, because that cross is a foundation for resurrection power, and I believe that is what God's talking about here. So we are being, and we are understanding. Do you agree that because of the blood of Jesus being an eternal commodity of redemption, this is not just a this is not just, okay, down on the cross, good, now I have, I have salvation, and that's really nice, and that's really good. No, we're talking about a, a total transformational change that we get to go through because God says we are new creations in Christ. This creation has never been seen before, and this creation is connected to eternal resurrection power and eternal glory, and that is, I believe, the river that's coming from the throne of God. So it says here, neither can they die anymore. So how many of you say, thank God I'm not dying anymore?
1: Yeah.
5: Can you say that? Lord, I'm not dying anymore. I mean, if you're going to agree with God, you might as well agree with the whole thing, right? Yes. Is he really true? Is, does God have the power to facilitate this? Is he the glory that we all think he is? or? Is this just a nice thing that we get to wish every Sunday when we come? You know why the original apostles met on Sundays, the first day of the week? Because they celebrated the resurrection every week. Because the resurrection was on the first day of the week. So that's what was the difference between the Sabbath worship and the Sunday worship. The Sabbath worship was the old, the Sunday worship was the new. The first day of the week, they, they celebrated, this is resurrection, and this is who we are. And so, for they are equal unto the angels, and are the children of God. Are you a child of God? Can you raise your hand and say, I'm a child of God? Amen. Therefore, I am a child of the resurrection. Now, how many of you love to have your children and look at them and notice that they look like you? How many of you like the idea that your children start to act like you? Sometimes. Well, sometimes, yes, there, there are those moments, right? Where the resurrection power is really needed, but we won't yeah. go into that right now, will we? But, but the, the most pride <laughs> that a parent receives is when their child starts acting like them. And that's what the Heavenly Father feels for us, because we, we start acting like Him. So God, I believe God is saying... The portal here is for a life that you've never dreamed of before. You're talking about having a life that's limitless, a life that is full of dream and desire, a life that is full of God's glory, and a life that everything you touch has multiplication in it. It has love in it, it has light in it, it has grace in it. Everything you need is multiplied because of resurrection power because you are a child of I'm a child of the resurrection so I don't have to I don't have to deal with any of this you know you don't have to be sick to die you know that right so if we really are children of resurrection we don't have to be sick to die when our time comes God says it's over when Moses time came he took him to the mountain and said it's over and that's okay, because why? Because we're not dying, we're moving on, right? So, Lord, we say yes to the resurrection. Thanks, Steve. I had, um, this morning, I know there's a little bit
0: changed the way we've done things, but, you know, you see how we have to flow with the Spirit. But this morning I came up to Steve and I said, Steve, what's, what are you sensing from the Lord? And he says, resurrection power. And I, and I, I literally am sitting there thinking the exact same thing, and so I knew that the Holy Spirit was definitely confirming what He's saying. Um, and then, of course, again I, I pointed this out, but after after the resurrection, the disciples were going through a, a you know a really a struggle with unbelief. Though some of the women weren't, but the guys were. <laughs> you know, they're just like, hey. Hey, guys, guess what? You know, Jesus has been raised from the dead. Get away. You know, the Jews are going to try to kill us. This thing's real. I don't want to, you know, the Romans are going to come after us because we were hanging out with that guy. You know, the guy that was resurrected. They stole him. I know they, someone stole his body. It, it was real emotion. It was a real thing that they were going through. And um. And I, I found it just interesting that that, that would be you got these guys that walk with the Lord the whole time. And their first deal is unbelief. And he's already told them this is going to happen. But they're dealing with unbelief and struggling. And I love what Jesus does for them. And this is what I'm praying that this will happen this morning. But he comes to them and he appears to them. Well, I love that. I mean, Stephen and I have talked about this you know, numerous times. You just want the Lord himself to come in and hang out with us. Like, Lord, you can come right in here right now, you know, and hang out with us. Um, If you want to literally appear, Lord, that'd be cool, too. I know you hear us. I know you're with us. But whatever way you decide to reveal yourself to us, one of the things he did right when he came back is he breathed on them. And I'll tell you, if you're going to take a breath inside, you have to take a deep breath. It's it's like you have to just say, I don't mean a sigh. I don't mean a sigh. If you've ever sighed before, I don't mean a sigh like that was what the issue was. I mean a breath where you take him in. A breath, a breath of taking the Lord in say I take you in with joy I just I believe you Lord Paul says in Corinthians 15 he says I want to make this clear to you brothers and sisters the gospel that I preached to you that I received and on which you stand and by which you're being saved hold firmly to the message that I'm preaching to you Unless you had come up to believing in vain. I know that we deal with this sometimes. Man, I put all in for you, Lord. I put all in. This is what I stood on. And did I believe in vain? Or can I trust you this morning? He said, For I passed on to you as a first appointment. It's what I also received. Listen, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. And that he was raised according to scripture. And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. He, then he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at one time. Most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, as though to one born at the wrong time, he appeared to me also. For I am the least of the apostles and worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace to me has been has not been in vain. What you've believed in the Lord, what you've stood on, the promises that you have been that you have so ardently believed in is not for vanity. You believed it for the right reason you stood with the lord for the right reason he said i worked harder than them all yet not i but what the grace of god was working in me whether then it is i or they this is the way we preach and this is what you believe now christ is being preached as raised from the dead How can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is futile and your faith is empty. And we are found to be false witnesses about God because we testified against God That he raised Christ from the dead when he, in reality, he's saying if we didn't say this, he did not. For if the dead are not raised, Christ is not raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is useless and you're still in your sins. Verse 19, he says, for if only in this life we have hope in Christ. If if Christ's resurrection is not true, then we're the we are the people that are the most to be pitied. <laughs> because why would we even go all in for the Lord if he's not risen why would we go all in for him what would we be doing what would be the reason behind it you might as well go play golf than to hang out with the Christian church (laughs) you might as well go and do something else with your life than to hang out on this reality of resurrection because if it isn't true there's no need for even coming together right now There's no need to say I trust you, Lord. There's no need. You might as well just go back to doing business as usual. And listen, guys. Peter Cephas, the main guy that's willing to go out on it, he's struggling. He says, "I'm going back to fishing. It's just not true. I'm going back to my old vocation. I quit. I love it. The Lord's right there beside the seashore. Oh man, it's cooking fish." Peter, he throws off all his clothes. He jumps into the water. He says, it's the Lord. He's a wild man. I want to be wild to believe. Wild to trust. I want to be like so, God, I don't care what my eyes see or what my ears hear or anything. I just want to trust you. I don't want to draw back in my soul and say, I I served you in vain. What did I do it for? Is this why? Is this what happens when you go all in for the Lord? If resurrection is not real, it's a miserable way to live. I declare to you today, though, Christ is raised. praying. We were praying this week, and I, I, I was praying for our, our ministry, and I was asking the Lord, you know, what prayer? He said, you know, pray that prayer like what the disciples were on the road to Emmaus. He said, pray that prayer for my people. Open their eyes. Did my heart not burn within me? Did our hearts not burn He opened up their eyes and he taught them the scriptures, the things that were fulfilled about him and did my heart not burn. Our hearts burn. Nothing satisfies like you. Nothing. No material gain, no more friends, no. It's all good, all that's good, but it just doesn't do it like you do. That nothing can touch life like you can. You're the life, you're the way, you're my truth. Open our eyes that we may behold you, that we may see you like you really are. This isn't the end, this is the beginning. This is the new day, this is a new day, this is a new day. All things are new. declare the new day. The glory of the spring, the flowers, the trees.
6: Senior was talking about resurrection, and Stephen Jr. Excuse me if I'm calling him Stephen Roy and Asher. Um, So Stephen was talking about the river of life, and the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, I'm. You can still speak to the rock, and the water still comes out. And then I suddenly saw a scene from a movie called The Passion, which was about the crucifixion of Christ and there's a scene in the courtyard where Mary has got these beautiful white towels which is mopping up the blood and I was just getting that water and outpoured blood connection and then the Lord remind me who is this coming up out of Basra with the robes rolled in blood and then I, I was sort of connecting to, because always at this time of year you see videos about the Shroud of Turin and the blood-stained shroud and the thing that wrapped Christ in his death but it couldn't hold him. And so here you had Mary before the resurrection, you had the Shroud of Turin after the resurrection. So I'm thinking all this stuff. And the Lord said, so I had two garments. I had the outer garment and that was torn. But I had the inner garment. What happened to the seamless garment was the question he put in my spirit. I'm thinking, well, I don't think I've ever thought about your seamless garment, what happened to it. Um, And he just showed me that this is how he clothes us when we put on Christ. This This is the unseen in the same way that Moses' body was taken by God was a contest over it, but he took it in the same way that this seamless garment was taken out of the economy of man and god clothes us with the same light now and i just was thinking this is resurrection is we put on christ we've been clothed with light and so um and then uh when carol was talking and he said you know peter stripped down well, that's part of putting on light, is you got to get all your stuff off. It's the Lord. So I'm just kind of going along that line.
3: Um, the resurrection is what made tangible what they had heard. You know, they had heard that he was going to die, that he was going to raise again. But when he rose, all that they had heard became tangible. And I had some dreams last night and they were bizarre. You know how you just dream one dream after another, you wake up and you're like, well, I don't know what that was. And in my dream, I was looking for something that I had believed for. And when I woke up this morning, I was like, God what what was that about and he started to show me and I feel like many of us have been in this place we believe we believe with all our heart but we haven't started really looking as if we believe do you know what I mean like he, Mark I think says if you pray believing you have already received it that's when you're going to have it and so I believe that God is instilling in us through the resurrection, through all that's been discussed, a looking, an anticipating, a believing that we're going to see what we've heard. And the, the passage that the Lord brought to me was um, in 1 Kings, Elijah said to Ahab, this is 1 Kings 18, go eat and drink for there is the sound of heavy rain. You know, how many of you have heard something from the Lord that was going to happen in your life that you were going to receive, that you were going to get from the Lord? Have you heard that from the Lord? We all have. We all have those things that we say, God, I have heard that from you. I have heard you say that, and I know it to be true. But I believe he's adding something today to our believing, and that is looking. And so, um, a, uh. Elijah tells his servant, go and look toward the sea, and he went up and looked, and there is nothing there. He came back. He said, I don't see a thing. I don't know what you heard, but I don't see anything, and then Elijah said, go back, go back, and that servant guy had to go back seven times based upon what Elijah had heard because Elijah knew. Elijah knew that he was going to see Something in the sky that was going to be that indicator, that coming to pass of what was spoken, what he had heard. And sure enough, the seventh time the servant reported, well, I see a, as a cloud as small as a man's hand rising from the sea. You know, the servant's probably like, oh, that's probably not what he's looking for, but I'll, I'll just tell him. And Elijah said, go tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. And the, the servant's probably like, the rain stops me. It's only this teeny tiny little thing. And meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. The heavy rain started falling. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking up his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab. All the way to Jezreel. And I really believe that God is telling us look, look, begin to look. Don't let what you see deceive what you have heard. Look, believe with beyond belief what God has told us, what we have heard Him say. Believe it, look for it. Even if what you see is nothing, that servant went up seven times you know if you're believing for a, a financial miracle and you look in your checkbook he's like oh, I don't see nothing I don't see nothing I don't see nothing keep looking if you're looking for healing whatever it is God has promised you look look don't stop looking don't stop looking do not be deceived by what you see to change what you have heard keep believing keep believing and the verse another verse came to my mind um, there's a reward for those that love his appearing. And you know, his appearing comes in all these things and places that he's told us to believe. I'm believing for great things. And I'm going to go looking. I am looking. And I'm, I, Lord, I just thank you that you're giving us eyes to look. You're lifting up our heads again, God, to look, to take what we believe. Not just say, oh, well, Lord, I, I heard you. I believe it going to anticipate it. We are going to believe it. We are going to start living as if it's already happening. We can't wait around. This is the glory of the Lord, guys. This is the glory of the Lord when it actually comes tangible into this earth. People see it and know, surely this is the Lord. Surely this is the Lord. each of us have heard we believe we are a people that believe you and we are also we are also a people that are going to look for what you have said we are going to look even if we look one time two times we're not going to say oh forget it that must not have been god no we're going to say it was god i know it was god and i'm going to keep looking i'm going to keep believing i'm going to keep looking i'm going to put action to my belief i'm I'm not going to strive for it i'm not going to work for it i'm going to believe and see his glory come into my life this is what the resurrection is about when they went to the tomb he said don't look for among who you're looking among the dead but the living he is alive and he wants to display his glory on the earth
4: See? Oh, i spend it all.
0: Chapter 3, verse 7. But these assets I have come to regard as liabilities because of Christ. More than that, I now regard all things as liabilities. to the far greater value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Every asset that I have, Paul saying now has become a liability. If anything competes with a greater knowledge of knowing him as my Lord, even my asset is my liability. Meredith Klein said this that even my redemption must be secondary to the glory of God thank God for redemption thank God for salvation thank God for healing thank God for all the things he's done for us yes I gotta say that what we're after in this ministry is the greatness of God the glory of God that he he himself, for himself alone, will be glorified. Paul said, I even regard everything else as done. All my assets are even done, that I may know him. I want to know you, Lord. It seems like nothing else can satisfy, and Paul knew it. Thank you for assets, Lord. We don't like liabilities, but if my asset gets my attention more than you, then now it becomes a liability. I want to be found in you, Lord. I want my life, my physical flesh to move in you. I don't want to have my own righteousness that's derived by the law. Because I've come into a righteousness that comes by a way of Christ's faithfulness, not my own. say great is your faithfulness Lord I didn't derive this path based out of my own faithfulness I derived this path based in yours Lord because my aim is not more assets or a lack of liability but my aim is to know you Lord this is my goal I want to experience the power of your resurrection. I'm willing to share in your suffering. I want to be like you in your death. And I want to somehow attain to the out-resurrection, the ek anastasin. I want to attain to this resurrection, the one that I can't do, that, that only you can do, Lord want a temple that is built by you lord a temple not made with my own my own ability my own hands but a temple that you make i'm striving for that to lay hold of that is what paul said because he's laid hold of me he put his hand on me he laid hold of me He said, Brothers and sisters, I don't even consider myself to have attained this, but I have set my mind in a singular fashion. My mind has become single. My eye has become singular. I'll have you or I'll have nothing. I want you. let us live by this standard I think my eyes have been open today listen to this even my own eyes will be open today that we have already attained let our eyes be open to this not that I am attaining but that I already have let that become your standard it's not where over there and it's not there it's here let this become your standard let this become your standard
1: oh yes
0: I want to enter into that union that perpetual union want that union to become my standard, union with Christ, union with you. Listen to this testimony from John Wesley Redfield. And now I had fairly entered in the gospel field, my long neglected and much dreaded duty. I had now made it my life's work. My life's work had become the gospel. And this isn't just for preachers and teachers. Listen, this is for all of us. I made it my life's work to know Him, I made that my all my desire wasn't just to preach it, it was to become it. it and this was for all of us. And he says, I finally like, took up the courage to say I'm making you my entire life's motivation. I'm making you everything. I'm making you mine. And, my, and you. everything I'm going through in my life right now is for you. I've, I've finally made up my mind. Whether I'm in school, whether I'm washing dishes, whether I'm at home, whether I'm at work, no matter what I'm being into, my whole ambition, my whole desire, my whole longing, my whole motivation, my whole being, everything I want, Lord, it's you, it's you, it's you. I don't need a platform. It doesn't matter. I want you. I want the courage to believe you. I've longed to my heart to this one thing. I've said my diligence, my motivation, my heart, every day, my thoughts, my process, is for you and for you alone. No, I've not said something else in front of me no no I set you as my one thing that I desire the one thing and Wesley Redfield made his decision in his heart he goes to this old gentleman he said that he enjoyed the blessing of being known by God for 40 years he said and he, he goes to him he said in due time he came he, he took me in his room one day and he, he closed the door and he said, I felt my own unworthiness. And I asked him if God would be willing for such an unworthy person as myself. You see his humility. That I would possess so great a blessing as perfect love. The enemies all all the time suggesting to me that he would probably say no. No, you're too young and presumptuous to think that such a great and exalted state Yeah, but no, with deep and tender emotions, as a good old father would say, why bless your dear heart, why, yes, the Lord wants you to be holy. And I felt such a gratitude towards that old man, because he thought God was willing to indulge me with a gift of grace that I could never even describe. From this, I took fresh courage. And I asked him, can you tell me how I can get possession of perfect love. And to this he replied by faith. But he might as well have answered in Hebrew, for I understood not his meaning, and I dreaded deception, and I could not suppose it possible that a state of grace that had so high an estimation upon it could be secured at such a valuable price or gift by just what he called the cheap and worthless act of believing faith appeared to me if he had told me to do some great thing or to be very faithful and expect to grow in a long and tedious process I could have thought his instruction was more rational I remember the soul tearing process which I witnessed in a brother who was seeking this blessing at an old camp meeting where I was converted and I thought that was the true way I had serious doubts, however, about my constitution, being able to endure the agony necessary to attain the blessing of the Lord. While conversing with a person upon the subject one day, this elderly brother tells him to go across the street and he's going to go to this old camp meeting. Why don't you just go across town to that street? Maybe like 4170... Or 4144. one four not you go to that old tent over there? There's where the blessing will be. Well, wherever it's at. You know, when you get hungry for the Lord, you don't care where you gotta go. You'll go anywhere. Do you want Him? Well, I'll come out underneath an old metal shed pavilion in the middle of Mills River for the Lord you'll go anywhere for the Lord it doesn't matter he tells him something as he says believe he said That you have it and you have it I read this probably 12 years well 17 years ago I read this the word brought this to my attention I remember we were in the little house up in Saluda and that night we had this old futon I got down on my knees and I said I believe I mean I was kicking the thing I was working it I was like, everything I got Lord I got. I give you my whole self fast forward a little bit in 06 I'm sitting there in still quiet prayer before the Lord and in contemplation waiting on the Lord early in the morning at a church I'm just waiting on the Lord and you know what he told me he says if I come like you want me to come based on your state I kill you and I said It'll kill you because you're asking for holiness. You want perfect love in your heart? I said, yeah. I said, whatever it takes. And you know, I want to tell you this. Personally, I have not stopped this journey, and I will not stop. No matter what it takes until the Holy Spirit bears witness that this is in fact true because God wants this love in His church. This perfect love of union with us. He wants it. The end time glorious bride, spirit filled church without spot or wrinkle will secure this blessing. And it's not going to just be for the ministers of this gospel, but it will be for the whole entire bride of Christ. God will have himself a bride for his son. God will secure I say to the Lord, you know, help my unbelief. I don't understand this, but I tell you today, for the first time, I have the Holy Spirit bear witness from Scripture. 3.16 of Philippians. And it's like I've never seen this verse before in my entire life. Nevertheless, let us live up to this standard that we have already attained. I like what you said Melinda the word told me prepare for this I said yes Lord come out here and prepare he said seven to me like naming seven or seven uh, wait till you see a man's hand seven times right a cloud like a man's hand he told me seven weeks seven weeks from today I don't know why he puts the time into things because he said things had to be said in particular order. And I am going to pour out my spirit like you have never seen on the earth. And I'm going to take the Lord at his word. And I don't understand this verse because then I think just like John Wesley Redfield It doesn't make sense to say, nevertheless, let us live up to this standard that I've already attained. What what is the mark of love? Perfect love in the human soul. Now, remember the old saints. I've read so many stories of revivals and awakenings, and they all come to the same exact Transitional statement. They all say the same thing. Something happens. There's an intervention between uh, time and space, and the attainment of the great blessing of the Lord comes on mankind. Whatever it takes, all unbelief, eyes on the Lord. Lift up my eyes from whence come my help. My help doesn't come out of the natural dimension. The natural dimension may come behind me, but it's not where my eyes are looking at. And my eyes would see you, Lord, and look upon your beauty. Wipe out all unbelief, Lord. John 4 16 and we have come to know and to believe the love that God has in us God is love and the one who resides in love resides in God and God resides in him by this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because just as Jesus is so are we in this world there's no fear in love but perfect love drives out all fear because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears punishment has not been perfected in love we love because he first loved us There's no fear in love. the Lord how Philippians 3 16 can be true how can we have attained something it is not matched into the natural dimension already now and this is what he said to me you already have attained but it's outside of space-time The attainment is already complete, but is outside our present tense time. The barrier between now time and outside of time is one thing, judgment. Now I want to proclaim to you the cross of the work of Tetelestai, it is finished. Because he says he already judged him on the tree. Christ bore your sins and the sins of everyone that are His. It collapses the natural dimension with the heavenly dimension when there is no more judgment. Because he's already been judged on your behalf. Receive that. Receive that. You have to receive that. Christ has paid for everything, it's paid for, it's covered. You can't do more and get more and make more about your nature. Christ has made propitiation for your sin. It's the beauty of the cross. The cross is the standard that connects heaven and earth. The cross, one man on a tree, all judgment is past. Receive it. Take the judgment off yourself and off of others. Don't judge others because you'll be what? Take the judgment off yourself. I can't do that. I've done wrong. I'm going to do wrong. I don't know. Stop it. Christ Jesus has paid for everything. This is the resurrection. I cover all your expenses covered everything for you. Stop it. Stop it. Stop finding fault. Stop blaming. Stop shame basing. Stop stop the guilt. Stop it. I paid for it, Lord. Let's say, stop it. Let love come. This is the confidence I have in the day of judgment because just as Jesus is, so are we in this world. This is the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't me. This is what John said. He had a revelation of this. It it changed him. It wrecked him. It, It wrecked that apostolic band. They received the now revelation of this into their self every day. Christ died on that tree to take... And remove the age-old curse that Adam and Eve had sinned to make judgment themselves and said, stop that. Let heaven decide. Let me decide. Let me decide. And just in our justification, we were justified by God like this. So let it be in our sanctification. Let it be that God would fill His church with this perfect love That no fear has anywhere to enter in anymore. I'm not afraid of what somebody thinks about me. I'm not afraid of what I've done in the past. I'm not afraid of what I'm going to do in the future. No, it's all been cast out because Christ paid for it. That's resurrection, newness, life right there. Then I can love because I'm loved. I can give freely and be gracious because everything is mine. He gives everything to me. I can bless because I'm blessed. It's not just the uh, outer garments, like Jenny was saying, that were torn. It's the new fabric. It's the seamless garment that she's speaking of. It's receiving that garment onto yourself. Full exposure, but no judgment. Oh, man. No more finger pointing in or out. Just Christ on a tree. Finished. It is done. That is the standard. This is our standard, okay? Now there's no problem with bridging heaven and earth together and the already attainment. The already and the not yet can come together. Christ, crucified, cross, finished, complete. Come up for a communion together. Just come up right here and then we'll take we'll take communion together. i 1st John 4 17 listen to these words by this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment how do you have confidence in the day of the judgment uh, seed of Christ that is coming how where is your confidence going to stand right here because just as Jesus Is just as he is that one, just as that one, Echinois. Echinois is the Greek. Just as He is, so also are we in the world. So, just as He is now, so are we. Just as He is, so are we. Where is your confidence going to come from? Just as He is, so am I. Just as He is, seated at the right hand of the Father, right now, seated in heavenly places with Christ. So am I here in the world right now. That is how love is perfected. I want perfect love in my life. There's not one of us as believers in here in this here that wouldn't say, God, fill me with perfect love. I don't want to hurt anybody in a wrong way anymore. I don't want to do wrong. Those that are of the light, they come to the light so that their deeds would be reproved because they don't want to be evil. We as believers don't want to do wrong. How am I to have perfect love just as he is now? So am I. When you leave here today, when you're going through this week, just as he is, so am I. Now, leave here today just as he is So am I. Whatever heaven says, the earth will declare it through me. Because I say that how you are is how I am. And judgment is diminished. There's no need to fear punishment anymore because you've been made perfect in love. All the fear of punishment, boom, is gone. The fear of disdainment, gone. The fear of I'm not loved or liked, gone. I don't have to worry about what other people think about me because just as He is, so am I. Oh, I want to live like this. It's so powerful. I know who my name and I know who I believe. Yeah, that's my standard. That's your standard. Now, I'm not going to take another standard or deviate off of the standard mean. This is the standard of the Lord. Just as I am, so are you. Now, so everything else that contradicts that, I cannot I cannot entertain it or listen to it because it breaks the standard. Right? You hear me? I'm not breaking the standard of the Lord that's already been born out on the cross of Calvary. It's your resurrected son. And if you are... So am I. (laughs) Yeah, but everything, some things don't look exactly right. What are you looking at? The world would say, look at me. Just look at him. How do I do that? Lift your heart up in worship and give Him thanks, give Him praise, and watch heaven come to earth. I can't fix it, I can't straighten out the situation, right, right, exactly. But in Him, it's already straightened out. Believe that testimony, that report. To the bread, and He broke it. He said, "This is My body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of Me." He took the cup and he said this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you do this in remembrance of me behold I make all things new says the Lord hey no survival mode just thriving mode I'm not I don't live for survival I live to thrive I live not in the old, I live in the new. I'm a new creature. I believe your testimony, Lord. I trust you, Lord. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. Amen. Bless you today.